0: You are
1: now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. What is up,
0: everybody? Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the jaguars wire via usa today i am phil smith aka phil the filipino your host and as always joined by my bro sports 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 grind underscore don james johnson hey buddy how are you doing today
1: what's up everybody um glad to be back once again and, and talk some more football uh it was a uh, a little bit of a quiet week. Uh, me and Phil discussed that before the podcast. So, um, you know, it was a little hard to rally up some topics, but uh, nonetheless, we found some topics at hand to talk about um, some exciting topics at that. And um, ready to continue our momentum from our last podcast, which uh, was probably one of our best uh, statistically and just from from the work we put in on it.
0: Yeah, and if you guys are new to this podcast, and you know, and, and you gave us a listen, and we, man, we thank you so much uh, for that support. We, we literally, obviously, cannot do this without you, and we do this for you. So, if, if you're appreciating that, thank you so much, and you know, any kind of. Any kind of feedback you guys want to give us, please get at us on our Facebook, on our on our Twitter. We're very accessible. We're on there all the time. Any kind of constructive criticism, things you think we can do better or anything like that, we will always appreciate that. So so thank you very much, man, for, for making this, as uh, we, we tell you every single week, the best and go-to Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. So um, as, as Jay so eloquently states on our awesome intro, also, once again – done by uh, our good buddy eric michael out here in dallas texas future super producer we we thank him so much for that um always make sure you subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher and tune in and of course usa today has added us to their podcast network on audio boom which is awesome and jay like you said there wasn't really it was kind of a quiet week however we did scrounge up some topics for us to to talk about here uh this evening and um, we we uh, want to give you guys our our thoughts on a couple things. Uh, one as far as Shod Khan's hopes to buy Wembley Stadium. Um, also, some predictions as far as what we think Leonard Fournette. Uh, as far as uh, future casting, what we want from him next season, and also the depth chart. You know, specifically the receiver group. You know, it's kind of it's it's kind of crowded there. And the, as we've talked about, as we talked about last week, who is going to who we think is going to step up and separate themselves from the pack so you know what jay let's just get right into it here so Shad khan came news came out a couple weeks ago that he's looking to buy wembley stadium for just a really a really you know quiet and cheap 1.3 billion dollars that's all you know, just gonna he's just gonna open up it's it's gonna fall out of his wallet i think he's got a he's got a 1 billion dollar bill in there and uh he'll he'll take care of the rest he'll write maybe he'll write a check for the rest you know and, and hopes that a super bowl could be hosted hosted in london um, and that kind of, it kind of, uh, set off, you know, some, uh, set off uh, a few, a few people in town worried about the team, you know, possibly leaving again, maybe permanently relocating to London. I don't think you and I don't believe that that is going to be the case. However, there was going to be a, we definitely think that this would lead to a, a, a permanent Jacksonville Jaguar. Uh, res, um, as far as uh, uh, presence there in in London, so what do you think this means for the for the future of the Jaguars and their longevity in in Jacksonville? Do you think it's a good thing or should should people be a little worried?
1: Yeah, i, I first want to say this about uh, what you were saying about you know their long term presence over in in London. Uh, you know, th- there were some hints that the Jaguars. Uh, now that I look back at it. Wanted to, you know, was moving towards this, at least shot come was because I don't know if you recall, but I, I did an article. It was roughly a year ago, maybe a little less than that on Jags wire about them looking to build a facility uh, for like their travels when they travel over to London over in London. And, um, I forgot the exact site that, uh, wrote about it, but, uh, yeah, they were looking into doing a construct in a facility, uh, maybe a facility that could be used by others when of course the Jags aren't there, which they won't be for most of the, most of the time. But, um, so, you you know, like the tea leaves were there in terms of, you know, kind of building up to something like this, but I don't think at the time he knew that he would be, uh, you know, in, in, in the running to buy Wimberley stadium, if you will. But, um, In terms of your question, um, that being said, I think that it's a good thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars for many reasons. And I mean, I I do understand why people are concerned about it, because I mean, yeah, yeah, this does show that, you know, if Jacksonville, if it ever comes down to it and and, uh, the city doesn't give Khan what he wants, you know, there is always a second home out there. But I think this really helps their longevity in jacksonville because as uh me and phil talked about and i put in the article about this situation is the better the jaguars do in london and their uh you know their one trip a year there uh the better their you know their longevity in jacksonville would be because shotgun will invest that money back into jacksonville and I mean, we've seen it before, like the statistics on it. I forgot exactly how much it is, but I think like that game alone brings in like 20 percent of the Jags revenue. I could be wrong. I forgot the exact numbers on that. Mark Lamping did talk about this, but that game alone brings in a lot of revenue. Uh, it helps their stability in Jacksonville. And, you know, shotgun, in my opinion, would just use that money that he would get from, you know, uh, people renting uh, Wimberley from him and and world cup events being hosted there and all kind of soccer events and what have you being hosted there. He would use that money in my opinion to pour back into net, maybe Everbank field as we've seen him do in the past, you know, with, with Daly's place in the locker rooms and the pools. Um, you know, we, I know you all remember those renderings where they had a roof, um, over Everbank field. Maybe that could be in the making with, you know, the money that he can make from over there across the pond in London. So I think that from that standpoint, you know, it can help Jacksonville and and the longevity of Everbank Field. And it could help them even like me and Phil talked about this as well. It can even help them get a new stadium because once again, me personally, I've talked about this before. It's going to come a time where Jacksonville needs to buy a new stadium. When you look at the trends of the league and the only old stadiums that are really standing and, and that people want to keep around, are the ones like the traditional stadiums that have historic meaning to them. You know, Soldier Field. um, Lambeau. Yeah, Lambeau. That's another. Lambeau. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) places like that, those are the ones that the the NFL gravitate towards keeping around. But the other stadiums, you know, it's been a proven factor that, hey, like in time, you know, you, you have to get a new stadium and you have to keep up with the rest of the league. And um, I I think that might be the case for the Jaguars, or not necessarily now, but maybe five eight years down the road. But yeah, the money that he's putting into this stadium, if he does win the bid, roughly one point three billion. Um, I guess that's one billion in pounds if you're doing London currency. But the money he's putting into that shows that Shah Khan could foot a bill for a stadium in Jacksonville when that time comes, because I think that time might come one day and uh, it shows that he does have the funds to do so. The money that he gets over there in Wembley can definitely help him to make another stadium here in Jacksonville because he will have to put a lot of the bill on a new stadium in Jacksonville, in my opinion, when that time comes, which, like I said, is it's probably far out because Jacksonville has shown that they don't like to put too much into into stadium bills in terms of Jacksonville. Everything that Chad Khan has done – in terms of the, you know, these renovations and whatnot, in my opinion, I think he's footed most of the bill in all of those projects. And I think a new stadium would be the same thing. So that being said, um, that's where I'm at on it. Um, and I I don't think we should worry necessarily yet about like a move to London or what have you, but I just think that a Khan understands that, you know, uh, this will help the stability in Jacksonville and help to bring in, more revenue to keep the jacksonville jaguars in jacksonville
0: yeah and just just like we were kind of talking about before we got started here jay i mean uh for those of for those of the fans that have been in jacksonville for a long time uh the gator bowl is it's it's an old stadium you know it's been around for a while the the of course with the with the pools and the and daly's place and the Scoreboards. It looks fantastic. It's it's amazing experience. I Jay, you and I have gone to bat for for Everbank as being maybe the best fan experience in the league. Um, it's it's great. Um, Absolutely, but the yeah. but the foundation of the stadium is old. You know, it's been right. there for a long time. It's been through a lot. We've talked about the issues with the grounds around the stadium and why it's so difficult to build on there because of the pollution, because of things of that nature. I mean, it's been though that that entire area has been tailgated on and, and just beaten up for years. And the shot, you know, that they show whenever we're on, you know, whenever the games are on TV of the stadium and the river, you know, it's it's beautiful But like, where are you going to put that stadium if they're going to build one? You know what I mean? Like you and I have talked about like Ponte Vedra or St. Augustine or something like that, mm-hmm. but they like it. They like having the stadium yeah. on the yeah, river, yeah. which is yeah. really, which is definitely understandable. I totally totally get it but just like you said the city has been so hesitant to foot any kind of bill for for this team um this is a, i think this is all as much as it is a a play for the future of the jaguars it's it's definitely a leverage play too for shot Be like hey look and and this isn't this isn't unique a situation it's always been the owners versus the te- versus the city right uh this happens everywhere and this is shot con saying hey look you know if if uh uh, you know, if if you don't give me and right now, we're playing nice. But down the road, I may you know I may have a few demands, and you guys are gonna have to meet me at least halfway. Right. So uh, I think this is fantastic for for the future of the team. Um, I love that the Jaguars have kind of gotten out of gotten ahead of everybody else and and tried to tell you know Europe, hey, we're your team. You know what I mean? Like that, I think it's awesome because mm-hmm. that the way that that's evolved over time. They love the Jaguars over there. They really do. And the and Jaguars
1: if he has, as they call yeah, them. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and they embrace the team. You know what I mean? So it's it's great. I, I think this is a very, very good thing. And Jay, you and I, uh, you know, we're trying to make a, make a trip out there to Wembley this this year. And if, if you, for those of you listening, if you have any tips or uh, where to stay or how to get the best the best value, the bang for your buck, please let us know because we definitely want to get out there and experience uh, experience Wembley and also, you know, knock the crap out of the Super Bowl champions, which we would have done if we had made it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> No, Miles and, Jack wasn't down. Exactly, so.
1: he wasn't. And his Referees <laughs> cheated us. Tom Brady probably threw some money at him and Bob Kraft, but that's another. But story. you know,
0: but we're over it. You know, we're over it. So, um, but yeah, I think this is definitely a, a good thing for for the team and more revenue and more and and also we have a lot of very very marketable guys on this team and um, one thing that one thing that uh, fans have been complaining about for a long time is we don't have a lot of mainstream appeal but if we're you know if we're if, if this team goes global which it already has started to do then hey we're going to be uh we're going to get plenty of recognition so um we will see where that uh, where that goes and of course you know we'll keep you up to date and on the jaguars wire as soon as we hear anything anything new all right, so that's a little bit of off-the-field stuff. Well, what we want to get into now is more of the on-the-field. But before we do, do you want to welcome in our buddy Jacob DeLorence. Uh, welcome uh, welcome back. The three of us haven't been together in a while. He is just returning from a from a difficult day at, at work on the grind. Jacob, how are you doing, buddy?
2: Oh, good. I'm good. Um, just uh, forgot there was construction going through a major road in town. And, yeah, like an idiot. <laughs> kind of took me about an extra 15 minutes to get home.
0: Yeah, that adulting thing is just the—is uh, this the best? But uh, we're glad you—you're glad we're glad you were able to make it. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Leonard Fournette. We just touched a little bit on on Wembley Stadium, but Leonard Fournette uh, coming into his his uh, his sophomore year, um, just to go over his numbers. He had 268 carries, 1,040 yards, average 3.9 yards to carry, nine touchdowns on the ground. Also chipped in with thirty six thirty six catches. 302 yards and a receiving touchdown as well. Now, compared to his counterpart, his rookie counterparts last season, um, Alvin Kamara um, uh, obviously had a stellar year, averaging 6.1 yards a carry, just absolutely nuts. Kareem Hunt 4.9 um, as well. Um, what's uh, Christian McCaffrey? Not really as much uh, production as we saw from some of the other running backs. 3.7 yards. So, pretty much what we want to know, uh, guys. What do you think would be a good uh, a good stat line for him to have coming into his second year. We've obviously invested a lot of money into the offensive line. For um, we're they they're going forward with Blake Bortles, which leads us to believe that hey, this we're going to be a running team. What do you think uh, you guys want to see out of uh, out of Fournette coming into his second year?
1: Yeah, Jacob, you go ahead since you uh, you just came in and and let us hear your take on this.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, Fournette missed. Um... How many games did Frenette miss last year? About three? Three, if I'm not Misses. mistaken. Missed the game with the suspension, and then... Then it was the ankle, the whole ankle, lower body injury. So,
1: yeah, yeah well... Roughly three.
2: Yeah, he missed about three games. No more than five at the absolute most. And he put up over 1,000 yards, had 270 attempts. Honestly, I expect him... I give him a... I give him about 1,300 yards this year. If he stays healthy, we made some improvements to the O-line. Cam Robinson has another year under his belt. The whole line has another year under their belt. Yeah, I give him about 1,300 yards. I say he probably gets around 315 attempts. He'll probably average right about four yards a carry. That's what you expect out of a back like Fournette. And I say he finally breaks into double-digit touchdowns, has about 11 or 12. And his receiving numbers will probably be around about the same. He's not that great of a pass catcher. And in comparison to uh, Hunt and Kamara, they're completely different style backs. Like Hunt, comparing Hunt to Kamara, that's a fair comparison. They're very much one in the same
0: right, almost. Right.
2: Fournette is like Brandon Jacobs. He's an he's old banger. school back where he's just going to keep hitting you and hitting you and hitting you. Right. Yeldon, ooh. Never mind. Nope, nope. That ain't going to make a yelling statement today. It's just going to let that go. But uh, yeah, <laughs> for that. <Ned. laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like he'll improve. I don't think there'll be a sophomore slump from this year.
1: Yeah, for for me, I mean, yeah, like Jacob Taylor's all and how healthy he stays. But uh, you, you look at what they added to the offensive line. Um, You got Andrew Norwell, who definitely is going to help because he's a guy that, you know, he gets blocks on the first level on the second level and third level. So we're going to see some phenomenal play out of him, and we're going to see some phenomenal runs out of Fournette running behind him. Um, So that being said, um, I'm not as high on him having the season that Jacob said he would have, which is roughly like along the lines of what uh, Le'Veon Bell did last year. I'm more along the lines of a a season where he he gets roughly 1,150 yards, maybe 1,200, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, average roughly four yards a carry like Jacob's, uh, yeah, four yards per carry, like Jacob said. And yeah, I, I could see the, um, especially with Norwell in the picture. Now I could definitely see the touchdowns going up to roughly 11, 12 ish, somewhere around there. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's more in reason, uh, for him, but I mean, I, at the same time, if he is healthy now, I wouldn't rule out the figures that Jacob, just mentioned basically but i just i think you know what will be key for him is to stay healthy um just looking at his past he he roughly averages about three games that he misses going back they met to his time at lsu and um i think that could be problematic if you know if he's trying to get upwards of 1300 yards sec sec beat them up (laughs) beat them up (laughs) Yeah, and um,
0: as far as uh, those numbers that you're talking about there, LaShawn McCoy last year, 287 carries, uh, 1138 as far as yards, four yards a carry. Le'Veon Bell also averaged four yards a carry, but he had a lot more touches, obviously, through the air as well as on the ground, 321 as far as touches, 1291 yardage. Uh, for for Le'Veon Bell but yeah that's the whole thing guys he's got to stay healthy and Jay we were talking about this a uh, a little bit before before Jacob Quint came on and you know we were kind of we were kind of mixed and split on the decision to take Leonard Fournette at four especially with some of the players that were still on the board and available Mm -hmm. at that time Um, with Jamal Adams uh, Patrick Mahomes Deshaun Watson we heard that there were rumors that they were very very high on Um, so to to see them go with Fournette and and obviously they want to be this run first team, especially if they're going to stick with Blake. There are very lofty expectations on him. And especially with with now, uh, what we also talked about before we even started, there's only what there are only what maybe three or four, which we'll get into with a depth chart here in a second. But there's only what four backs on the roster right now, I think.
2: Fournette, Lights, Yeldon. Let's who see, am I forgetting?
1: Brandon Wiles, who they added to their practice squad last year. Yeah and um
0: and yeldon also you know like like we had talked about also has durability issues um so right. it was we we thought they would maybe go after somebody like a cj anderson but that obviously did not happen he ended up in carolina so uh, they're obviously very very they have a lot of confidence in him and i just uh, definitely hope as we mentioned that we can that he can stay healthy so
1: right right,
0: right well we're definitely very excited and and what one thing you definitely can't uh, can't deny is that he he loves being here. So that, that's that's uh, that's very very exciting. The community has embraced him, and, and he's having a lot of fun. So well, we're very excited to see what he does Jaylen next Ramsey year. Continues but
1: continues to torch him on Instagram. Right, man, those two. Are, I would told, I would
0: watch <laughs> I would watch a show like with with those two, man. They like they're they're incredible. They are, they are, incredible <laughs> they are. <laughs> they're back and forth is is hilarious. So it's crazy um, to see like somebody
1: from the offense it end. on the Jacksonville. <laughs> it it would be crazy to I mean it's crazy to see somebody from the offensive end and somebody from the defensive end to have like such a like a bond like that it's it's like a little brother and a big brother that's always nagging and joking on each other 24 7
0: yeah I would love for them to just have like a just kind of like a like a riff off with each other or something like that you know what I mean like a wild and out style
1: <laughs> just a right, style battle right. improv joking. comedy type deal <laughs>
0: it would be incredibly (laughs) incredibly entertaining so um but yeah that's one of the things i mean we we kind of touched on what we were talking about when we were talking about the jerseys and how just the attitude of this team is just so different from years past and how we felt like the jerseys didn't match that attitude but you know it's 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 at least (sighs) their their minds are in the right place but yeah like i said like we mentioned missed opportunity there but um moving on to the next topic here the final topic we'll speak about here and uh, mm-hmm. Tonight, um, we mentioned a little bit about the depth chart and what we teased here earlier on was the uh, was the receivers. Now, it's it's a pretty crowded uh, receiver group right now. And uh, I'm sure I'm going to leave people out. But, of course, we had DJ Chark, which we just – who we just signed, Marquise Lee. Uh, Keelan Cole, baby. <laughs> uh, who else do we have? Yeah, Jadon Mickens. Um, still waiting for somebody to make me that Keelan Cole gift, by the way. I need <laughs> I needed in my life um who else who else? see yeah, alan done,
1: lazard
0: uh, alan lazard the un, un, uh, undrafted guy we picked up and
1: dante uh, Duncreas,
0: green Montreas, that's right i was like who was that uh who's that guy we uh
1: uh shane Wynn coming back D. Shane westbrook D-D-,
0: D-D-, dd miller I, I forget dd yeah so
1: uh yeah yeah oh. they got an undrafted free agency
2: yeah, I literally had to go look at the roster
0: to figure out who's
1: who. <laughs> right, right. It's so many receivers, man. Yep. So a very
0: crowded receiver room. Um. So just looking at that, looking at those guys and that list of names here, and Jay, we'll start with you on this one. Who do you think is going to, or who has the the ability, or who do you think is going to separate themselves and become our number one receiver? Or do you think we're going to kind of last year where we just had a whole bunch of twos and threes and uh, they just kind of took turns?
1: Yes, yeah, st- statistically, I don't know that somebody will separate themselves. Like I, whoever has the most statistics, I'll put it this way: I don't think like it's gonna be that far from the number two guy that that follows behind him. Uh, so that being said, I think the guy that they view as a number one in terms of of a personnel standpoint and like body wise is probably definitely um, Dante Moncrief. Because I mean, you look at not, it's not even so much the money that they gave Dante Moncrief, which is like nine million dollars guaranteed, <clears throat> but it's more so you you look at what the Jags had in the past, and Dante Moncrief fits the mold of Allen Robinson, the guy that they want to, you know, go deep to that can go up for 50 50 balls, that can jump out the ceiling, runs roughly a four four, he's actually faster than Allen Robinson on hand time. Um, a guy that jump like you know roughly 38 inch 40 inch vert some along those lines so like I think they view him as a a basically a Robinson type of player um and, and, and you look at his catch radius as well like he has a ridiculous catch radius and I think that's like part of what stuck out to them on film because when Andrew luck left the Colts like Montscrief didn't really have all of that many highlights if you will. Uh, but you look at his catch radius, it's ridiculous. I think they really like that, and he's got to be the number one with um, Marquise Lee, from a experience standpoint, being the number two. So I, I think those are the two I have tapped have to top the depth chart. Uh,
2: question. How much of that do you believe that you just said?
1: I mean, I, I truly believe, like, for now, <laughs> those are the one and two. I think – and another thing, you probably I know what you're probably hinting at, DJ Chark – I don't think they want DJ Chark at the top of the depth chart yet, because I think he's essentially gonna replace um, what's his name, um, Jaden Mickens, as the kick returner. I like. I mean, like the one thing that we learned about this draft is the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted most of these guys for depth, and for that reason, I feel like they don't even have to rush DJ Chark atop the the depth chart, even though he probably is their future number one or two. But for now, they you know they're not even looking at it like that. You know, they they're looking at it like, hey. Let's get these veterans up there. And, and when Chark comes along, he'll come along. But we don't have to rush him.
2: That is true. I just had to count. We have 11 receivers currently on the roster. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, basically, lie. Our, we basically can play all I eleven tight receivers. End. <laughs> tight ends, we have one, two, three, four, five, 16 members of the receiving core.
1: Jesus Christ.
2: I would rep. You know what? Well, Somebody needs to go math, ahead and just yeah. like draw up a board and just figure out who's going to get cut first. Like, let's just
0: go ahead and get a pool going. Sixteen <laughs> divided by fifty-three, it's like twenty percent. <laughs> they the kept roster. up all those. If they kept all those guys, that's thirty percent of the roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? Right?
1: Right. I'm
0: sure. I'm sure we'll sure be fine. They
1: better hope some yeah. of them can play linebacker and cornerback too.
2: So. Yeah. <laughs> And this is partially why I gave Fournette those numbers, because looking at this receiving core, there's a lot of potential. But on paper, Marquise Lee is your best receiver?
1: Yeah. I I get what you're coming better be.
2: So I'm looking at this right now. I'm seeing Marquise Lee, Keelan Cole will probably get a bigger role this year. Uh, DeeDee is a first-round talent that we got – late thanks to you know his off the field issues but he'll probably take a bigger role so that's three right there i look at shark and i got and every time i look at him i go he's a number one or he's a legit number two he's got to get significant playing time so that's four right there rashard green may be the fifth option mickens will still stay special teams I don't know where we're going to put Dante Moncrief in, if we're going to be honest. I don't see where he would go in the play. I see what you're saying, but right. really?
1: Yeah, in all honesty, I, I mean, I really think, I've long thought this, that it was a mistake for them to sign Moncrief. But, I mean, at the same time, I don't think they knew that chart would be available to them in the second round where they got him. So, like, that just, I mean, it's a good problem to have. Like, they're just super deep there, so... Um, We wouldn't be
2: having this conversation if somebody would use a franchise tag, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) That's true. And if we didn't cut the other one of the brothers, but again, neither here nor there. And also, we kept Mercedes Lewis. We wouldn't have five tight ends on the roster.
1: Yep. And another thing like that, that you didn't mention, you said, um, who did you have as like the five, like Rashad Green or Mickens, like as the five and six i
0: keep forgetting about rashad green man (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) you still agree
0: if about rashad green
1: but you i mean like you got to consider alan lazard in that like he has to be in the conversation for that five and six too now i'm not not speaking a lot of people like him right like because i mean you look it just it and it it relates to what you just said jacob they lost your boy alan Alan Lazard, you look at him and his measurables, he's the biggest guy on this team in, in terms of the depth chart at receiver. 6'4", 227. You look at how they utilized him at Iowa State. And people, some people even thought he would have to play tight end. So this is a guy that, you know, being that you got rid of Mercedes Lewis, being that you got rid of Alan Robinson, the guys that you depended on heavily in the red zone, Alan Lazard has to be considered as a 5 or 6 on this team, you know, under under Chark, but I mean that's just me personally.
2: I I see that. I mean him and Chark are the same height. Uh, he does have Chark by about thirty pounds. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. But also I can see him being a tight end, much like um. Let me make sure I get the right Jones right. Matt Jones, Greg Jones.
0: Oh God, Matt Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. I knew I struck Ernest
1: Wilford. They did that with him too. Didn't
0: they? Oh Ernest. Oh man, he was like one of Ernest. Ernest is like one of my all time favorite Jaguars, man. I love that guy. He was so cool.
1: Right, right. He's still working in Jacksonville, giving to the community, too. Shout outs to Ernest. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, I can see
2: him taking that role as far as getting playing time because, again, look what's in front of you. There's no way you're keeping Keelan Cole and Diddy Westbrook on the sideline for an extended period.
1: No, no.
2: Marquise Lee, by default, is the old man on campus. So he, by default, takes the one until he proves otherwise. Mickens is special teams. Rashad Green is special teams. Right. You drafted Shark in the second round for a reason, so there you go. So a whole lot of space. Think, and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with
0: received. Jacob here, too. I feel like I, I just kind of uh, – Dante Moncrief was just so underwhelming you know, all around, and, and I just think he'll, he'll play himself out. You know, I, I, I really expect Keelan Cole to continue to grow, and, uh, and I really hope he does, just for the, for my own <laughs> selfish reasons. Right,
1: <laughs> right. you so you can scream, Keelan Cole, man. <laughs> baby! <laughs>
0: but but you know, like I said, I, I mean, just like you said, Jay, I, I don't think they expected Chark to be there. So to, to bring him in, and it's probably one of the situations where Moncrief was like, well... Damn, you know what I mean? Like now, now what? You know. So, but also the competition may, it may be good for him. It's it's going to be good for everybody, hopefully. So, like you said, it's a good problem to have. Here's another thing though, with the way Bortles
2: plays, Cole and Westbrook are perfect for that screen block. Let him go. Yep. Marquis Lee to a lesser extent, and then you have the bigger physical receivers. I just don't see where Moncree falls in play here. I understand you just paid the man about 10 well, if you mil, play but... eleven
0: receivers, that's less likability uh, less less chance for him for Blake to throw it to the other team. so oh, who's gonna throw it to him? <laughs> yeah if you have no if you have just the center and the quarterback and then ten receivers <laughs> right then, then hopefully you can get it to one of them. I don't know
1: And see that's why I differ from you at with um jacob on which what, what you said about Moncrief. I think like I say, I think it was a mistake to sign Moncrief, but part of the reason they signed Moncrief is because you need somebody who can, rem- who can make ridiculous catches with Blake Borders because it ain't going to always be on target. <laughs> and I think that's why they put so much money into getting him and like they made him a priority when Allen Robinson was gone. Because as we saw the year where Blake Bortles blew up, but it still to me wasn't all that good of a year, but the year where he blew up, Allen Robinson had to make a bunch of ridiculous catches. To to get him through So, you know, like, they view Dante Moncrief in that same light. They they know what they have in Blake Bortles. They know there are going to be some balls that's going to be, like, over the top of the, the receiver's heads where you're going to have to make a one-handed over-the-head just highlight real-type catch. And, I mean, like, I think that explains why, you know, you offer somebody like Dante Moncrief who's been kind of underwhelming so much money. And we'll, we'll see, like, where – where he lays or or where he stands after the season. But I think like at the same time, whatever he does, this, this depth chart is so set at receiver, regardless of what he does. He's pretty much expendable. Even, even if he gets like a thousand yards, which I highly doubt, they're probably going to look at it as like, well, we got chart waiting in the wings. We don't have to pay you. You know what I'm saying? So again, it's a good problem to have, but I think like Dante Moncrief, in my opinion, he might be out of this equation by next year, regardless of what happens. Uh, and that's just my personal opinion, though.
2: It's the better question: What are we going to do at tight end?
0: Play all of them. <laughs> <laughs> A-L-
1: uh, Asj man, he gonna he gonna, Ooh, have, to, he gonna have to be that number one. So we'll
0: see. Oh, this will be fun. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, didn't go
0: get the tight end like we thought. They didn't do anything really that we th- <laughs> that we thought they were gonna do in the draft. Like we were so off for months, really. Like <laughs> right. we had, like it just I don't even know why. I, like that, I guess that's the nature of the draft. Like you yeah. had no idea. We we ended up having really no idea what they were thinking, even though we had. We, we, <laughs> oh God, it was just a mess that whole weekend. <laughs> like it was, we, man. they took who? <laughs> like,
1: right. like and we should have read the tea leaves, man. They. You know, it was it was the writing was on the wall that they weren't gonna do what we what we wanted them to do, but yep. it is what it but, is.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's just throw logic out the window for about three, four rounds of the draft. Why not?
1: Right, right. I mean, like, how did we
2: not out. take a quarterback? It's my question. Until we took Lee late, but still, how do you
0: not take a quarterback? Who was probably not even the best quarterback on the board at that time.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I like, mean, I, you could argue Chase Litton was better than him. And Chase Litton is not that good, in my opinion. But <laughs> you could argue that Chase Litton was better than
0: Tanner Lee. Yeah. I didn't even know who Tanner Lee was. I didn't know. I thought I, I, I had no idea. I was like, well, OK, well, I mean, I did predict that they were taking a quarterback on day three, but I just didn't know that I was going to be right. someone I had never heard of.
1: Right, Like we said, it didn't necessarily have to be Lamar Jackson, even though that was our personal preference. But even if you don't get Lamar Jackson, okay, that's fine. You don't want to spend a first-round pick, second-round pick on Lamar Jackson. Okay, but the whole issue with uh, Mason Rudolph, you know, you got to make that happen. You know, being that you you are in a situation where Blake Bortles, if he messes up this year, you really only got like a one-year window, like just based off how they made the contracts to get quarterback right. So,
0: and apparently they're very, very comfortable with uh, the with the Cleveland the Browns quarterback. Whoever, what was whatever his name? What's the name? Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler. See, I can't even remember his name, man. Like
2: a like USC quarterback that didn't that hasn't panned out.
1: Right. We'll see. Well, maybe Kessler proves us wrong, man. We, it's some people that expect Kessler to give Bortles a run for his money, personally. Not, I mean, I ain't. Yeah, we, really, we
0: said that about um. We said that about that Bills quarterback that came over to challenge Gabbert. Remember, uh, what was that JP guy's Lossman? name? lost Lossman? Not Lossman. It was another quarterback. Um, hold on. I got to look it up because it's going to bo- bother me. Uh, Jaguars quarterbacks. Um, but then God. we were well, young
1: and naive. Though, yeah, Phil, give me a second you know? while I look <laughs> it up. We, we weren't nearly as good as uh, analysts are as we are today. Obviously. <laughs> I mean we you know, now we now we USA uh, so <laughs> Trent Edwards.
0: Remember Trent Edwards? Yeah. yeah. Trent Edwards yes, came so over that. like, Oh, he's gonna challenge. It was with Garrard actually when he was there, like, oh he's gonna he's gonna challenge Garrard uh for the, for the starting job and he played I think one game and it was just a disaster.
1: Yes. I look back <laughs> at myself back then and, and statements like that and say, How could you? You know, <laughs> how could you say that? All right, I question. Thought, I felt that one right about the team David
2: Who's the second best quarterback in Jaguars franchise history?
0: Left Witch or Garrard?
1: Garrard. Yeah, Garrard. That's Garrard. Garrard led by the much, team. but it's Garrard. Garrard. led
0: the team to two playoff runs, and then the, the we lost in the that one playoff run because we played Left Witch over Garrard.
1: That's true. This is true.
0: Because we all know nobody's touching Mark
1: now.
0: It's actually Todd Bauman.
1: It's <laughs> John Deere Tractor, right?
0: Todd Bauman <laughs> and then uh followed by uh Jay Fiedler.
1: Oh my <laughs> man, that that quarterback history just made me sad in itself, man. Ooh, Lord
0: I mean as much as I really I I'm obviously a very well documented non-Blake Bortles supporter (laughs) I don't know if you guys have heard uh uh, really couldn't tell Blake Bortles as well as uh and and Dave or Blaine Gabbert my still the quarterback I hated the most in our history is Jonathan Quinn I don't know if you remember that guy Jay I hated Jonathan Quinn and whenever he would come into the game they'd be like oh well this game this game is over because he is the worst quarterback to ever play the game of football he was so bad when you said that
1: I was like wait Quinn great but you said Jonathan Quinn
0: yeah, I don't know if you remember that guy, but he was he was terrible. Oh God! He, Look, man, buddy. I didn't watch so much. You've film. gotten way I, off. I, I can't
1: even remember. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've gotten way off topic here. I'm not even sure what what, what the original conversation <laughs> was. But, but yeah, man, like we said, you know, it's it's the off season and uh we got we got training camps coming up in a, in a couple of months but we're just kind of trying to give y'all as much content as we we possibly can trying to trying to keep this momentum going especially after the incredible support that we got from last week so once again thank you thank you very much so um yeah guys is there anything else you wanted to plug you know what's coming up what kind of projects you're working on either inside or outside of the jaguars wire uh, jacob will let you go first
2: um more of the same old same old just filling in as necessary and Coaching because I have no life outside of basketball <laughs> and football. Okay. Um speaking of which, where are the new kids joining us?
1: Uh, that's a good question, Jay. Boss the podcast. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> Wesley man Wesley live in Atlanta. That's all you need to know about him. He probably still stuck in traffic as we speak.
0: So <laughs> he probably <laughs> left probably left work at four PM and still not home.
1: And thinking he's gonna beat traffic. And Clinton's actually working on an article. As we speak, or uh, he told me he would, but he might have fell asleep at the computer, which I couldn't blame him for. But (laughs) Clint was doing an article on uh, the Jags top five players under 25. So expect that. But they they do. Both of them do want to join us in the near future. They told me that uh, just just busy guys. And, you know, around this time in the evening when we record, they're typically coming home from work. And if I'm not mistaken, both of them are from, like I said, Wesley's from Atlanta. And I think Clint is from uh, the Birmingham area, so you know traffic is a is a mug, man.
0: Well, um, you know, as far as uh, me out here and out here in Dallas, got a couple shows coming up. Um, uh Friday well, Friday is a private show, but on uh, May twentieth, private show, what's you what's say. What's up? <laughs> private show, you. I say. mean, it's it's a private show, but like it's at a, it's it's, a, it's it's a house show. So for those oh, of you just, who were. Uh-huh. For those of you who are un, uh, unfamiliar with with kind of like co- with the comedy world, so this is what, like so these are really cool. I've I've done one of these before, so this is literally a house show where you go to somebody's house and you, they you they pay you to put on a show. You do jokes and all that kind of stuff, and then afterwards it turns into a house party. So I don't know how much of this show I'm going to remember, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm really excited to do that out in Arlington here this Friday, but at the end of the month, May 20th, um, we're doing the red room at, at the at Plano hyenas, which is a premium comedy showcase. This is really dope. It's a lot of fun. It's a more intimate setting. Uh, maybe sits between like 30 to 40 people, but we have some awesome comics, um, coming out there. Luis Juarez, Lawrence Rosales, Charity Lester, Luciano, uh, Mitchell Clemens and, uh, Kalana, Kalana Sp- uh, Spiller along with myself. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Really, really limited tickets as far as that. So if you'd like to come to that, please let me know. Um, I'm, as always, I'm at uh, Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And also episode one and two of my other podcast, uh, the uh, – what's the name of it? The Way <laughs> For It podcast with me and Eric Cerna. Those two episodes are out where we are talking about the first two rounds uh, or the first round of the Disney bracket that we've been working on. So that's what we've been that's what I've had uh, going on there. So, so Jay, what what, what does everybody have to, to look forward to here in the next coming weeks from the Jaguars wire?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to be studying the rookie mini count that they got coming up on, uh, what is it, I think the uh, the 11th through the 13th. And uh, of course, you know they they invited some guys, um, some you know some guys off of off the street, basically. Uh, the rookies, of course, will participate from the 2018 draft class. You know, Taven and Brian, those guys, as well as the undrafted guys. So I'm gonna be watching that closely. Um, I might even go to Jacksonville um, if the media is allowed to attend to it. I know the public can't, but um, that's pretty much gonna be my main focus. Um, as I said, I'm gonna also be doing appearances on uh, Fox Sports Radio Valdosta uh, with my man Phil Jones, who uh, he, he's been uh, hit me up, want to talk some Jags, want to talk some draft, want to talk on the outlook of the season, and um, that's pretty much it. After that, you know, it's, it's focusing on training camp. So um, you know, that's pretty much it for me.
0: Yeah, man. So just you know, of course, make sure you give us a follow at the Jaguars Wire on Twitter, as well as Facebook. Make sure you're subscribing to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audio Boom. Well, I don't know about you guys, but this is a lot of fun. But I got some Fortnite some to play, and I got some Thanos uh, to to try out as far as uh, getting on this uh, on this Fortnite. So, guys, thank you so much once again for joining us, Jacob, Jay, as always. And uh, Jaguar fans, stay safe. Miles Jack was not down. Y'all have a good night. (laughs) Jesus.